Yo, what's good, yo? We back yeah. with season two. Um, yeah, we about to get go. real New York on um, yeah. So I'm saying, like, follow, subscribe. Yeah. Y'all, we finna be it's live. It's back to the back again. To tell your friends, to tell your ratchet ass friends. Thought we was gone, but nah, I know we ain't. But you got rid of us, but no, no, you can't. Yeah. Uh, Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Pontificating Podcasts. It's me, your girl, Ty, and I am here with Asia, and we have a really special dope episode for y'all today, if I may say so myself. We're talking Black criticism, and we have the homie, friend to the pod, Leroy S. Graham III, okay? You know it's real when a Black person got three names. Um <laughs> But yeah, you know what it is. Let's get into our, is it just me, Asia? What's going on? Is it just me or like, I mean, I feel like we are woke. We are decolonizing our mind. But sometimes you still fall, fall prey to like respectability politics. And like, do you catch yourself and get annoyed by it? Or is it just like some things I'm going to just feel this way because of my generation and my age and I don't give a damn. Hmm. Um, so like, I work for the welfare office. It's not called welfare anymore. It's called uh, human resources anyway. And like, sometimes when like people come in and just like their pajamas, like, like coworkers, no, like clients, right? Just, I mean, roll out of bed into the office, just roll right out. Didn't, didn't stop by the shower. Maybe they did. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if these are outside pajama clothes or not. Maybe they are, right? But I'm just like, ah, you're, go- you're coming to handle business. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it is asking for assistance, which you have every, every right to ask for as a tax-paying person. Because guess, guess what, America? Even if you don't work, you do indeed pay taxes because you still are a consumer. And that money is owed to every single person that pays taxes in this country. So I have no judgment on those receiving assistance. None at all. Big car. But I do kind of feel like when you are going to handle your business, whether it be at a bank, DMV, or the welfare office, right? Put on some jeans. Also, I don't wear it. Put on some leggings. Something. I just don't understand why you're coming out. I mean, people have literally come in slippers and pajama pants and like a bonnet. And it's just like, this is a lot for me because you are not home. But, but, and this I have to check myself. I'm like, am I being like, am I being judgmental? Yes. The, an- the answer is yes. Right. Are you being classist? Yeah. Am I being classist? Right. I don't, I don't know because if I'm running to the grocery store, I'll wear whatever I'm throwing out the trash. Right. But I'm going to conduct business no matter where I'm going to conduct business at. I'm, I'm not saying dress up because that's, that's also been in, in the past. If you come to dress up, people judge you. That's the whole thing. But, That's what I was thinking. But I just wouldn't go in literally the clothes I slept in. But then I have to say, is it me or am I being classist? Or is there is there something about presenting yourself in a decent way? Is that just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe immediately when you said they 
<laughs> they came in pajamas. I was like, right. And they came in slippers like, I don't have no shoes. I don't have nothing. Help me out. Right? Like, you got to commit to bit. But I do. I, mm, mm, it's tricky. <laughs> it is. It's tricky. Because, like, you don't want to dress too nice. Because they'd be like, oh, you don't need no help. You can sell that that you got on. But <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> I, we know what Auntie Mo thinks. Auntie Mo says, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Take right. the bonnets off at the airport. Right. That is, I don't know, Asia. You may, you, it's, it's given a, a little bit of elite, elitism. It might be. I'm just trying to figure out if I'm the only one that has these issues. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't work in a center where like people need help all the time. So I don't know how I would feel. Cause then at this point it's giving poverty attire or you don't care or you don't care. That's maybe that's what it is. You don't care. Cause I know you got other clothes in your pajamas. That's what slippers. When, when, when people come in and they're like, you know, we've had, first of all, it's not only people who are below the poverty level. People have one-shot deals also, meaning they have good jobs. Maybe somebody died. Maybe they lost their job temporarily. We're coming out of a pandemic. So people have decent, people that drive in, you know, you have a life. Something happened in your life where you had no time that you couldn't pay your rent, but that doesn't mean you're destitute, right? So when someone comes yeah. to the office and they're pulling up in their car and they have one like, I don't know, Uggs and maybe a, what's that really expensive coat? A Montclair. Yeah. No, Makai? Makaj? Makaj. Makaj, I was yeah. thinking about that. My first thought is, why are they here? I mean, my, my first thought is not, why are they here? Right? They're applying for a one-shot deal. They're here because they had money and they were spending it. Then they didn't have money. <laughs> they couldn't spend right. it. And now they have money again. So my thought is never like, how dare you come dressed up? I, that isn't, that's not a thought I have asking for help. Maybe it's a gift. I don't fucking know. I don't care. Right? Right. But... I can see the whole, I can see your butt. (laughs) (laughs) That to me is crazy. You have to walk the streets with your butt out to get here. And let me me tell you guys, they don't care how you look. You're not going to get any more or less help by dressing poor. No one cares. No one cares. If you make too much money, that's all that matters. How much money do you have? That's all that counts. So, but I can admit that it probably is classes. So I'll work on that. Yeah, listen, you have a friend of me, friend, because I hate when people dress inappropriate for where they need to be, because just like you, you see me on the street, I would look like a homeless person until it's time for me to get ready and go to work. And now I'm like, look like a person. I'm sorry, unhoused person. Mm-hmm. But my is just me is how long should your transitional stage last in life, right? Like... Is it a couple of months, a year or two? Because I feel like I've been in transition since 2014. And I need to know, when am I going to graduate? It's given anniversary. It's given 10-year anniversary. (laughs) I am over it. I am over it. I don't feel finished ever. And it's like, I get it. I'm like, I'm transitioning. It's okay. You go on to the next. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's not okay no more. It ain't okay no more. I'm tired. So somebody let me know because they said, oh, you're transitioning from the ages of like 
28, 27, 28 until like 30, right? I did that transition. It was rough. Mm. Mine didn't last that long. It really was giving 31. My whole Mm. life just changed. So I was like, right. (laughs) I never, like, life kind of got better, but it never really just, you know, it never went where I thought it was going to go. So it's like, maybe I have too lofty of a, a lofty of a goal and I'm exactly where, like I have transition where, which if I, if I'm where I'm supposed to be. Take me now, Lord. <laughs> take me to the king. Don't take me to the king. Don't. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't mean that. Don't take me to the king, but like. Can you give me some bonus points? Can I get some extra? Because if this is it, I want. I would like extra. I would like an extra hundred million dollars. But I, I truly, I want to be done. And I know that we're never quite done. But I would just like to get to my destination so I can, I can feel relaxed a little bit for a little bit, and enjoy. Cause I'm not in the, I'm not in the enjoyment stage and I haven't been in a long time. So, um, if somebody out there, one of our play cousins can let us know how long is the longest transitional period, I would love to know. Cause, cause I'm, I'm fed up. I am fed up. I'm tired. I'm weak. I'm weary. I'm worn. I'm tired. You said that. And I was like, oh, maybe it's mindset, but also, like you said, like, this can't be it. My, I can't adjust my mind down this low. <laughs> like, I can adjust. Like, if 10 is goal, I'm at one. So if I, I, I can't bring my goal down to, to five, I got to at least be at six and be like, okay, okay. Because I feel like I'm at a three and a half right now. Because I, I was, I had a moment where I was like, I was watching a JT interview and I was like, a lot of her mannerisms and the things that she was saying reminded me of younger me and I was like oh I've come a very long way like I see where she is and where she's going and I was like oh yeah like I've come a really long way however the way not over (laughs) the way is not over I'm at a three and a half and I was trying I've always been trying to get to an 11 Mm. on a scale of one to ten I'm always trying to get to 11 so it's like how much more time? Mm. Que tiempo? Que tal? <laughs> que tomps? How much longer? And I'm asking that. y'all, how much longer, guys? Because y'all know wisdom comes in all forms. So maybe y'all have the answer for us at this time because I have more questions than answers today. Well, right. And on that note, <laughs> We're going to move on. We're going to nosedive back down into my favorite, my favorite segment. But here we are. Eric. Mr. Mr. Mayor. I'm going to assume it's because you gallivanting all across the country all times of the year, not doing your damn job. Because why are ticket prices so high? Why are plane ticket prices so motherfucking high i'm going to vegas i remember let's say pre-pandemic 
you could go to Vegas for five days, stay at the Bellagio, rent a car for $500, flight, hotel, and car included. <laughs> okay? Easy, easy money, easy money. And that's probably with two, two excursions built in. I was looking at tickets um, for the past two weeks, $1,000 round trip. To go to Vegas? To go to Vegas. $700 round trip. I almost flew spirit. I considered it heavily, 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 guys. Heavily, heavily, heavily considered flying spirit. Because spirit was only reason, spirit was saying like 244, right? Round trip. But then there's no luggage. You can't bring no luggage. So <laughs> by the time you factor in the luggage fees, you might as well pay a little more for a, a, a airline that allows luggage fees. Um, but the prices I see were so, I've never seen prices to Vegas so high in my entire life. $700. I mean, I ended up paying like three something, but that does include layovers. It that, does? Yeah, that includes me flying past Vegas to San Francisco to come back to Vegas. They said a San Francisco treat. And then coming home, I'm doing a red eye to wherever DFW is. Detroit? Dallas, Fort Worth. No, that's Dallas. I'm going to I'm going to Texas before I go to New York on a red eye. Can't pick my seat, can't cancel, can't make changes. What's this American Airlines? Um, going, I think, is United and is Delta coming back. Okay. okay. And then, like, if I wanted to, if I wanted to, like, improve on, like, you know, not have a red eye, it was like an additional like three hundred dollars to have like a straight flight back or to have it leave at a reasonable time. And I'm like, it's just Vegas. Who 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 even still goes to Vegas? And I think I think what grinds my gears the most is I've never wanted to go to Vegas. <laughs> like it's it's like if there's a bucket list, it's at the bottom. I'm only going on because I got a I got a time chair a time chair scam going. And I said, oh, another go. one? Yeah, let's go, let's go to let's go to Vegas. I did not know the, the crazy. So Eric, I feel like you're causing the prices of tickets to go up because you every goddamn where besides home doing your damn job. And I need you to stop. I know you have friends who are pilots. You know he got a friend you, who got a pilot. You know it. He knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Not the Eric, chief enjoyment officer. Eric, speak to them. Speak to them, okay? Because we're suffering. We are suffering. I don't have a yo, Eric. I just have a question for you, Eric. I just have one question. When the fuck is your term up, sir? <laughs> I'm tired of you. And you haven't done anything particular. I mean, you have done many things that that's wrong. And I don't want to talk about it because I feel like I talk about the subway a lot. And the fact that the fare is going up is really just, I'm not paying three. I'm not paying three. I'm not paying the extra 25 cent for this. I'm not, I'm going to have to start jumping the turnstile because, but I need your reign to be over. I need your reign to be over. Um, cause I'm tired of you. Cause I need what, do you need, what do you have any money for? Because <laughs> they just got $62 million from um Kathy. So I don't for the for the open floor plan um trains that they got coming on. So I don't understand. Because y'all still don't got heat or AC. I don't understand what the extra 25 cents for. And y'all got cancer in the air. So I'm just really confused where this extra 25 cent is going. And I think they're doing it just because they can and it's giving mafia. And I don't yeah. like it. Because no, the, the, 
the the path train they have um because they have a, a, a lot of outside stations they have like the heating grills on top oh and they're cheaper too it's giving what the path train still 225 right mm-hmm. mm. they have heating grills they have like a lot of, and they have the every station has the train coming time like what is where is the money going i need a play i need an infrastructure de- detail log about where this money is going because i'm generally confused. Sure. Show me the budget breakdown. <laughs> Show me the budget breakdown. Cause I could tell somewhere somebody is stealing money and we're going to get to the bottom of this. Cause it's giving, it's giving Rico racketeering. It's giving, <laughs> it's giving racketeering. Okay. Cause where's the money going? Cause it's starting to feel like the fucking MTA is a Ponzi scheme right now. <laughs> Cause where is the money going? And what y'all doing with the old trains? Y'all selling them for parts? Like they I need to them, know. They're them in, in, in the in the Hudson. They but if they don't sell that motherfucking metal, because no, they they just they, they dump them in the water. No, because if a crackhead fucking got hold of them them parts from them trains, you know how much money, how much crack they mm-hmm. could get if they don't fucking start selling that shit on a black market. Mm-hmm. And I gotta pay an extra twenty five cents because two seventy five is too much. And you know I'm bougie, so I take the express bus. So how much more? How how much is mm. the express bus going to be? Seven dollars. The, the tolls are going up too. So whenever they raise the subway, they they, they raise everything of the tolls as well. And I just saw this thing about um apparently the easy pass. Easy, yeah, the easy pass, and people are getting like people get eighteen thousand dollar bills in the mail. Yeah, and, and there's it's, no it's, way. Yeah, and it's, it's final notice. I mean, I've had like a few weeks ago. My brother had his Easy Pass in my car, and I had my Easy Pass up on my window, and they charged both Easy Passes. And his was in the the middle compartment under stuff. I didn't even know it was mm. in the car until he called me. I was like, "Where in the car is it? I haven't seen it." It was at the bottom of the glove compartment, and they still charge both of them. Oh, they better give y'all back y'all money. Absolutely not. Ugh. Just yuck, okay, Eric. Yuck, okay. <laughs> Hate you. Hate you so much. Uh, okay, guys. We will be right back after these messages. Actually, after this message, we will be right back. <laughs> and we are back with uh, Leroy S. Graham the Third, and we're discussing black criticism. Is there a place for it? Is it help us? Does it hinder us? Is it setting us back or pushing us forward? So. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we like to give a little history before we start. So I don't know if you guys know, but, or if you guys have read the very, very long, the cut um, interview, not, it's not an interview. It was, I, it felt like an expose piece mm-hmm. on Kirby and um, Pierre Moss and basically how they squandered an opportunity, how they, I'm putting it in quotes, squandered an opportunity um, that not a lot of black designers get and how instead of using the money that he was given to make fashions, cause they're trying to say he has a fashion show with no fashions um, and how he squandered his opportunity. And it's going to be a really long time before another black designer gets the same. Um, <laughs> they will get the same status in, um, in the same amount of uh, critical acclaim um, because he didn't do what he was supposed to do with the money he was given and the platform that he was given. Um, 
which I found to be, it was a very polarizing topic on socials. Cause I was like, huh, there were a lot of people that was like, how dare you talk about um, black business in, in front of white people. And then there were people that was like, absolutely. Like, why shouldn't we hold people to task if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing? Like this will help further um, black creation and black art. And I thought it would just be a really good topic. Cause I'm like, as much as people talk about Kirby, they talk about Lena, they talk about Tyler. Um, if you get into writing, they talk about Donald Glover. Mm. Like it, it's, it, it, it gives, <laughs> it gives a lot of criticism and it's like, where do we fall in on this? And we decided to have Leroy because he's an artist in many rights. Um, and we kind of sort of have the same, the three of us, we're all artists, we're all actors. Um, and we have the same training ish. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of the same experiences, but I think I ideologies kind of differ in different ways on how we go about it. So let's give it to the guests. Leroy, what do you, what do you think? Black criticism, is it holding us back or? I don't know. I mean, that whole particular, like the scenario you just broke down for me, is kind of crazy because it's kind of like saying it puts a lot of pressure on one person to be like this upstanding citizen of like black creation. And like you have to hold, um, you have to be like the basically the golden child, right? You can't like mm-hmm. make mess up in any type of way. You have to kind of like walk the straight and narrow path in order for you to be able to be considered to be successful, right? And I think that's really fucked up. Can I cuss? Oh, <laughs> I know y'all because I'm just like <laughs> absolutely. Um, I mean, because it's kind of crazy. Like, how can you place one person in this? Like, and it also speaks about gatekeeping, right? And the idea of being. Uh, a gatekeeper within American society, actually, it's not even just American society, in the globe, like, gatekeepers, predominantly white gatekeepers, they hold these places and they put them to such high regard that once we get our foot in the door, it's like, oh, we can't mess up for mass. We gotta make sure we got our shit, you know, mm-hmm. button up tight and stuff like that. And and that's not sustainable because we're human beings, right? We mess up too, you know? And our art, our expression of our art is unique to us, right? And who is to say that because I did this thing this one way that it's not as valuable as the people who came before me and the people who are going to come after me? Um, so, yeah, I think it's kind of crazy. And it also, it made me think of, I mean, this shit was kind of crazy, but like when Will Smith smacked Chris Rock, you know, it's like, oh, we ain't getting invited back to the Oscars ever again. Y'all motherfuckers can kiss your ass goodbye. But it's like, okay, that incident happened. That's not indicative of the entire race, right? These people are not, we're not monolithic. That's, you know, the social media term for black people. Mm-hmm. Well, not for black people, but for groups of people. But um, we're not monolithic. So we are, we run the gamut. I feel like I'm rambling. No, no I know. That's, okay, so when you were, when you were talking, I mean, even when, as I become more and more like just pro-black and anti-white, to be honest, right? I just like, there's certain words that I feel, there's certain words that I don't want to use when I speak because it angers me. So it's like Black History Month, right? They gave us Black mm-hmm. History Month, right? It's like how they gave us, white people essentially gave us a month to celebrate. Like, here you go, you can have this month, right? And then they give us they give us a platform to do our art. And it's just like, I hate the fact that we still have to, go to them for these things 
and that they still are holding such power in such a, a big way about everything that we still do today. And it's like, yeah, we come a long way, but this, the power is still a lot of the ways theirs. And I feel like they were talking about like. Month. The shortest month, and even on the longest, even on the fourth year when it's the longest day, it's still the shortest month of the year. They just said know? which month it is cold. <laughs> they, they, they know we hate the cold. Okay, let's debunk that because uh, the person, I forget the name, I will look it up in a second, but the person who petitioned for Black History Month, it was there because it was his birthday. Like, um. I know as Black people, we talk so much shit about that, but it's like there's actually a reason why. Um, and I think he didn't have the foresight. He was just like, oh, thank you, Vanessa Morton. Take my month. You know? But no, no. I mean, no, it's, no, it's true. But I'm still saying, at the day, it was, it was white le- le- legislation that passed it, right? Like, the, our leaders are still white. It is what it, you know, that's so, it's, oh, it's always like, we have to still go to them for permission. And that just grinds my gears to no end. And it's, it's this idea of, like, a seat at the table. We're still going to their tables. You know, it's just like, and it just, it's just so unfortunate because, yeah, we have to go to the tables and play by their rules. And I feel like things are changing because we have a lot more black producers and showrunners and, you know, it's, it's slow and steady within a race, whatever, but there is still much white power in these, in predominantly in these spaces. And it's like, we have to get in and still play by some kind of rules. And yeah, it's like, and then we, and then we hold each other to like this, sorry, this, this, this high standard. Like you said, like the Oscars, we, as a black collective around the world, we were like, we're not coming back no more. We just know, you know, like we, we know that we're not allowed to fuck up. Right. We just like white people fuck up every single day on purpose, no apologies. And they never think to themselves, the whole of us is now going to be set back. But we know that if one of us gets in, they have to be so perfect because, like, we won't get in if if not, and it's just unfair. Yeah, yeah but then okay, I, I get, I understand what you're saying, but then I, we have to take it all the way back. It is like the inception of how we do, like how we present our art, is in a very white way. It's mm-hmm. in a very white supremacist way. Like, even I was like listening to this lecture of this professor of Harvard, and he was saying how even like the first big poet. Um, Phyllis Wheatley like her teachings were so ingrained in in white culture that she that that's what her work was she was a black woman basically kind of writing white poetry right so it's like that is very true of a lot of black art today because like if we talk about the structure and the schooling and the education that we get it is a very white eurocentric art education that we get so it's like you have to work so much even though you're working within the system but but I think a lot of our artists that we revere even today it's like their work is a little steeped in in white European art it's crazy yeah and it's just like and it's always like oh well why can't we be like why can't black people write the way that like white people write like you have the the wokes like of Hulu and all, all these like off the cuff things. And like, even what's this girl's name? Not Zazie, B- Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. Right. Uh-huh. And she's like, well, the black audience is not my audience. And people found so much. Um, people were so offended. No, I think she was just like, Oh, why would I be on a cover of essence? That's not my audience, which I find to be a fucking lie, but mm. it's just like, 
sometimes when artists divorce themselves from blackness, it's like, do they get to do that? And then is that also considered black art? Mm. Because it's in a European frame of what they've been taught in schools. Like, we've all been taught Chekhov. We've been taught Shakespeare, like Goethe, all this shit. Like, we get, like, Black History Month, we'll get, like, maybe a Wale Senor, uh, Soyinka. Maybe we'll read some Soyinka. Right. You know, we read August Wilson. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But it's just like, even a lot of our Black art is steeped in white whiteness and white culture, no matter how much we want to pretend that it's not. Mm-hmm. I think okay. I think the not the confusion. I think the conflict here, and the conflict is that just speaking about America, right? Black Americans are American, though it pains me to say it, right? Like we, are, <laughs> we are I'm American. <laughs> I know we're all we're all disgusted by this. We but we we are American, and it's like when people talk about like when people mention Americans. They do mean white folks, but they 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 mean us to some extent, right? So it's like as much as it is white history, it is also our history that we've been shut, we've been we've been hidden from, right? Um, like I had this, you know, this uh, this TikTok I saw, it blew my mind, and it, it shouldn't have, but it did, and it was like you know, it was um showing a, a black painter, um, a piece they painted, and the girl was like, yeah, well, slavery wasn't just about picking cotton, like. And anything you did that was black was just taken from you. So we had artists. And I think I had mentioned on a, I think last season, I was saying, I wonder if there were slaves who were singers or whatever I said. And it was like, because people still had dreams before, you know, even during slavery. And she was like, yeah, there were there were chefs that were slaves, like, you know, renowned chefs. They were artists, whatever. It was all these things. And it's like, that is also our history. You know, 1602, they were painting portraits. Right. So it's like, Yes, it's in whiteness, but we've been intertwined in in America, at least, with whiteness for so long that it is also our history. No, I'm speaking specifically about, I I should have been clear because I wasn't, I was kind of all over the place. It's just like, yes, I mean, of course, we've been singing, we've been doing art, we've been doing poetry, like in our own mother language before they brought us here. But the way in which we learned in the frame of whiteness, we learned to speak American English from white people being taught to speak this language and so even if we wanted to be like I'm divorcing ourselves we like we are American so that part of it is very true but it's like what at what point is it what I'm saying is when people say black criticism does that mean that it's just black culture or is it within the canon of American culture Oh, that's really deep. Um, the only reason why I was thinking that is because you said just now, like, <laughs> you said, like, um, the idea of, like, like the fact that we were taught American English, right? But it's not that we were taught American English. We were also taught not to speak our native tongue, right? Right. And, like, all the punishment that can happen if you did, right? So this fear of accepting who you are and your blackness in its totality because of fear of, like, being punished, Right. And then you also had those who thought that if I didn't do those things, then I'm the good black, right? So Zoe Kravis, in some way, is shunning that part of herself so that she could be accepted into white American culture. And I'm sorry that she's the kind of like, you know, the person that we're talking about, but that it is what it is. I mean, is, this right? is what she said. This, this is, is on Yeah, this is on white. I mean, this yeah, that's you know, her words. Just, it yeah. is what it is. But it's like, how do you, it seems as if like you're saying like how, 
the black body in and of itself is like, even though you present this way because I see your features and I see your skin color, you divorcing yourself from blackness and trying to appease yourself into the white American storytelling narrative, like, does that also divorce your storytelling because you still are in a black body, right? I don't but know. What, I don't think so. No, but but my, my question is like, what is the blackness, right? Like what, what, okay, we don't have our language. We don't have it. It's been gone for years, right? We do, now we have English, American English, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what is the blackness that you're divorcing yourself from? Right. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's complicated because it's not like it's not like a first generation Nigerian, right? They have a they can clearly divorce themselves from their culture, their food, their language. It's very it's 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 right there, they can see it and they know what they're divorcing themselves from. They can say, Well, I don't I don't dress traditionally, I don't speak Yoruba, I don't eat food for it. They can it can they can directly divorce things, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas we're eighty fifth generation, this is our culture. Like these this is our Right, so like, how right. we, how can we separate from from the whiteness if it's really just also a part of our culture at this point? Like, we unfortunately we have been shaped by the whiteness, right? So it's like, and that's what, so, I, and, and and that's yeah. Go ahead. So it's like when I think about like things because you know we invented everything, right? So I think about like rock and roll and like you know all these things, and it's like that's that's white people stuff. And it's like no, that is actually indeed black right. people stuff. Shout out right? to Rosetta Thorpe. Right. Okay, yeah. So that is our stuff, but we have allowed white people to push us out so far out that now we don't think it's ours anymore. Right? So and so so now when we see a black person doing rock and roll, we're like, that's white. And it almost and so we push them, we push away a lot of black people who do alternative things. And then they and in return they push themselves away because it's like, well, I feel unaccepted here. And it's like at the heart of it, that is blackness. Rock and roll is blackness. The banjo is black. All these things that have been taken. So it's like that's my confusion. It's like how are we, how can we divorce ourselves from blackness when it's literally everything? Yeah, I think that also speaks into the the education that we have as people and how we not only get support from storytelling, but how we also tell the stories, you know, and how we pass these stories down from generation to generation, right? Because like black history, learning about black history in school is that you're learning about uh, Martin Luther King, right? Mm, you learn always. about Malcolm X, maybe, right? And maybe. that's pretty much. Advanced. And you learn about, uh, <laughs> right? And you learn about Rosa Parks, right? Right. <laughs> that she sat at the front of the bus, which is that's not really technically true. She sat it's at the front like, of the color portion of the bus, and then she was told to move back, and she was like, "Nah, right. my feet tied." All right. right. So that's kind of like the story. That's the narrative that's been told. But we we run the gamut of so many different layers of American culture. Because that's it's, it is what it is. This is like our now our now home, and now we're trying to find a place within it. And we've done all these many things, but we're not given the space to actually talk about what actually is Black history, right? Mm-hmm. What is the Black narrative in its full context, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have things where uh, what's the shit where Governor um, uh, the Satan Illuminati uh, deals about uh, that from Florida. He's oh, person. um, what's oh, it? DeSantis. DeSantis. Marcos oh, DeSantis. Marcos DeSantis. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he said <DeSantis>. <laughs> um, Where he's like trying to, you know, hush the the black narrative, right? And 
uh, how many times are we going to go against this force of like, okay, you're start, we're trying to be seen where we're not necessarily asking for permission, but we're making our way, but you are going against us, right? You're pushing our voice down. I went to, I mean, y'all know this, but like for the people who are listening, I went to a predominantly white institution for my master's program, right? The third in the country. It was the fifth in the country at one point. And <laughs> oh, yeah, went down. Well, when I was in, we were we were number five, right? right? I think it was, but that's still top five. Yeah, we were in top five, so I think it was, it was. I don't need to list the schools, but I'm not going to say the name for the sake of this because the school is no longer in, um, in function as a school, but as an institution, they are still around, um, but. When I went there, the reason why I decided to go to this school is because during my grad school touring and auditions and stuff like that, the only person of color that I saw on the main staff, I mean main faculty, was the school, right? It was a black man. So I was like, whoa, this is crazy that a part mm. of like, because there were other teachers who were probably doing adjunct mm. work and stuff like that, but they weren't a part of the main faculty, mm. right? So I was like, this is dope. And then the callback weekend, he really like, you know, pushed us, long story short, when I got into the school, he was there for my first year, but then when I'm leaving because of racism, right? And then I started to learn more things about the institution and how they were racist in many facets, right? And then this place where I thought that I was going to be able to spend uh, three years of my time just kind of focusing on my art wound up not being a safe haven for me, and I didn't feel safe, so I wound up having to put more time into EDI work. It, they didn't ask me to do that. I chose to do that, but if that, that need came out of uh, a space of feeling unsafe, right? Mm. So... I'm sorry, what is EDI work? So equity, diversity, and inclusion work. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that, and I learned, I got a bunch of skills, but it was like amongst all that EDI work and the people who were there before me in regards to the student body, they pushed for having, you know, August Wilson on the curriculum, right? Um, uh, and because the school prides itself prides themselves in being and focusing on the classics right american classics we focus on shakespeare um the the question was like okay we we're studying um why wow, my, my memory bad y'all um all the years of smoking weed uh, <laughs> what's what's the white white man uh oh. glass menagerie uh tennessee williams. tennessee williams yeah we study in tennessee williams and we study in all these other playwrights who are supposed to be considered American classics. Right, so white American canon. White American canon, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Why isn't August Wilson considered an American classic, right? Why aren't we studying him just as much as we studying uh, Tennessee Williams, right? So then in the end, we wound up having a class that was shared with Tennessee Williams and August Wilson. But I'm like, August Wilson, you could have a whole... That's a whole, First of that, all, talk about... And, and this is... Not to cut you. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, because I feel like this, we're talking, no. right? We're like conversation. No, because you bring that up and like, so I had a different like grad school, I put that in quotes, because I, I did further my education. I acted, I did a two-year program, right? And my problem was we did do, we didn't focus so much on classics. It was more um, modern contemporary works. And of course, people did the, uh, they did the Tennessee Williams. They did, I did a play where I was irate. I did, um, um, Martin McDonough play, uh, fucking hated it, and I was like, "Why? All the works, all the the uh, scenes that I got was from white men, right?" And I was just like, "Until second year, and I did, um, I did an August Wilson play, but I got so upset because I'm like, that's lazy of you. Like, I'm glad that you're like, oh, at least at when you at least have August Wilson, 
But I'm like, there's so many other playwrights. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, it was so lazy of my teacher. And I kind of call him out on it. And I'm just like, just ha- as much as you know about Martin McDonough, because you were working with somebody who like put him on your radar. I'm like, there's a Katori Hall. There's Dominique Morisot, um, Mariso. There, there's so many other people. There's um, fucking Brandon. Jake. J- J- yeah. Tarek McEnany. Like there's so many black uh, works out there that they're just like, I felt like it wasn't good enough for me to bring it to them because he's like, oh, I don't know this work. I don't. But it's just like, as much as y'all talk about the American classic canon, there are other classics out there that's also by black writers that y'all not, that I feel like um, our institutions aren't doing the work to be uh, caught up on. No. At all. So then now as a, a black artist, it's now my task to supplement my, my education and then and then also you internalize like I did a little bit I internalized like okay if I go on this audition or if I want to meet with this manager I shouldn't probably I shouldn't do a monologue from a black playwright I don't want to be known as only like this right. black actress that does this thing like you know that does the August Wilson of it all that gives the emotion I want them to know that I can do this like stupid ass white playwright as well to let them know that I I have um range but inherently that that is also violent (laughs) that is violent because now I'm I'm supplementing like or I'm making up this thing where ultimately I feel inferior by knowing where the black playwrights are coming from like you know what I'm saying and I was and I'm such a champion of black American like whatever black women writers like straight up i have a whole shelf about it because i'm like people are not doing the work to revere these women mm-hmm. at all and they're being left out of the conversation because like some new hot white person is on the you know now it, it, it's the world is like Let's they're know. being ushered into to the acclaim mm-hmm. and it's just like it's so crazy. It, it is honestly mind-boggling. And I'm like, yeah, the least they could do is do August Wilson. But it's like, you guys have all this money, all this resources. You need to also supplement your education as well as educators mm-hmm. to help all students. Now, the funny story is during the pandemic, my uh, school was having these diversity Zooms. And, you know, everybody all over America in the the American theater, uh, what is it called? The American theater, uh, the Uh, wing. No, yeah, the American theater wing. They were having all of these uh, conferences. So there was a black, this is hearsay, but there was this, nope, his name is Peter J. Hernandez. The man is, I guess he's Afro-Latina. Oh, yeah. Yes. He said that, (laughs) White actors should learn, should do August Wilson in their program so they can understand Black life. Now, I was irate because a white man said this to me. He was considering doing this in his renowned acting studio. Like, this is somebody that if you say his name, he's worked with stars and they they respect him. And we don't have the relationship anymore because I had a very tumultuous um, experience in school where I could be like, this is, don't do that. This is, this is actually, this will be violent towards your black students to have them 
do August Wilson. I don't want to sit in an audience where I will watch a black, a, a white woman do a Rose monologue. Talking about, I've been sitting beside you all these, like I would, I would internally scream. I think for can educational I, purposes I, though, I, I think that is okay. In my opinion. Can I, can I just share with you guys just in my opinion, conscious, a stream of conscious as you're talking about this, because I'm like, First of all, it is complicated as fuck to be a black person. Like, I don't, I don't think people, white people, I don't think they could, they could ever grasp the complexity of being black. It's just I can't grasp it, and I've lived in this whole life. Like, I'm <laughs> hey, <laughs> right? I, I, there's days I'm like, how the fuck am I existing? Because just now when you were saying that, I was like, okay, we learn Shakespeare, we learn all this white stuff, right, to prove we have range. Because if you can perform Shakespeare or some other white people shit, you have range. <laughs> However, there's right. a range of black people. Like we have range also. Like not again, we're not all a monolith, right? Right. So if you can be a black girl who's from the suburbs, who's extremely preppy, and that is who you are, you could be a hood black girl. You could be just a, a artsy black girl, right? That's also motherfucking range. But when we show range, it's white. In order to show range, is to be anti-black, like. I'm gonna show yes. you. I'm, I can act. I'm gonna show you that I'm white. Watch this. You're gonna. I'm gonna right. act so right. good. You're gonna forget my color. That's insane. And then insane. so it's like, so when you're saying like, um, should should white actors perform these black plays? It's like I don't. I'm truly conflicted. I'm gonna think about this later on tonight because I'm like, they don't ever have to show actual range. They're already white by default, right? So when they walk into a role that says white person, age six, whatever, whatever. They, they, by default, they fit the character profile just yes. by right. physical characteristics, right? And then they show they can interpret and bring and comprehend, right? When we walk in, we have to show that don't see color somehow, even though I am my color. And it's like, maybe they should. God, and I don't, see, this is, this is the complexity. Maybe they should play these black roles because they need to be challenged also but then it's like ill because then I don't what's want you for me as a black artist. No, and this is, left for this me. Is, no, this is what I'm saying. This is, this is the stream of conscious. This is a true, um, this okay. is a true conflict. It's not worked out. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I am processing. This. I am currently processing this out loud with you because yeah, it's like, but also that's mine. You don't get to have what's ours. Right. Yeah. So, and I, so yeah. I don't know. And it's like, uh, I saw, I saw this thing one time about like, it's a, it's a perversity scale in media. And it was saying like, the scale is like, in terms of um, love, um, love interests. Like, so white man, white woman, that's like no perversity, zero. And then at the bottom is like, probably two black men being gay. That's probably like the extreme level of perversity in watching couples and watching couple couples on media. So wow, then you have like, crazy. yeah. So then you have like, you know, two white, a white man, white lady, Everyone, everyone can understand that. Black, yeah. white, no one is right. no one is affected. Then maybe you have like a, a black, a white lady and a black guy, or you know. Then, but then, but 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 from the first level, from there it just gets more more perverse because white Americans can't handle seeing anything besides two heterosexual people in a relationship. And I'm just like, it's so crazy to think that we are perverse by social standards, just the nature of being black people. Yeah, and then we have to like out act and outperform and out art 
this perversity. And then if you lean into it, whatever that means for you, you're like shucking and jiving, right? So like if you're if you're if you're too black, if you're too black, if you're too black out loud, you're shucking and jiving, you're putting on a show. And it's just like, I what what do we do? Damn right. if you do, damn if you don't. Right. Cause as you were saying that, I was like, I wonder if what they want us to to divorce ourselves from is the pain. And it doesn't like necessarily have to be your your lived experience, but I think you know how they say like uh I think they said for you to be born there needs to be like there's you have four hundred and fifty six ancestors. The number may be wrong, but it's but everybody does though. But like when you walk in a room, your ancestors are with you. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like when we walk into the room, they automatically expect us to have like this, like we walk in with like this like pain. Cause for you to be a bubbly black girl to walk into the room is just it, it's an anomaly to them. It's like so refreshing. But I think they equate that bubbliness to whiteness because like white people get to be so carefree. Like as you were saying that, I was like, oh right. Cause when a white person walks in, it's just like, let's shoot the shit. They never have to figure out like if they have the depth right. as an actor, because they have so many roles that's nothing but fluff. Like mm-hmm. so many roles that's nothing but like I was thinking about when I I know she's tricky now, but <laughs> I saw uh Felicia Rashad in uh August Osage County, right? All white cast, and she was the mom, black mom. They didn't have any other black people. You never even thought twice about it. You never even you bought this as a family because she was that fucking good. It was was she that, playing like, was she playing white or she was playing No, she was playing her black self with her okay. white family, with her okay. white husband and her white kids and her white okay. grandkids. And you never like you saw it and you're like, Oh, Felicia Rashad, she's black. But then as the play goes on, you're just like, right, like, right. what's going on with this family? This family crazy as hell. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I, I thought that was it stuck with me because I was like, it doesn't matter. If you show up and you do the work, it doesn't matter. But now that role had so much, which people don't give her enough. I know she's tricky, but she's, she, I can't believe I'm saying this still, but I know it's tricky and I know everything that she said is really fucked up. I know it, I know it, I know it, but she's like <laughs> one of my favorite actresses because like she brings the depth, but she also ushers in the light. Like she, when I say as a well-rounded actor, like somebody who can bring it, Felicia does it. Outside of the stage, baby. I, <laughs> I don't feel cute. I'm just talking, we could, I guess we could separate the art from the artist on that one for me. But I just, I don't want people to say that, oh, white actors have to, or they should do black plays to understand black life because it's like my life is not that difficult for you to understand if you don't want to understand it like i if it's under the guise of that i don't want it you know like my life is so unimaginable to you that you need to like read it to figure out like you could just read richard Wright. there's other works you could read tony morrison there's other ways for you to get in and then it's like okay if you're doing august wilson if you're doing two trains running what am i doing Mm mm-hmm but I do think that from for an educational standpoint, that I think that white actors should study and do scene work on black plays in school, right? Because Why? I because I think that also gives more um not that, that we need approval, but I think it gives more credit to the ability of 
being able mm-hmm. to work on on so, someone who has written a, for, a black play for black people, but they can deal with the circumstances mm-hmm. of human life, right? Like you still are able to relate because you are human, not because this person is black, right? I can still be able to tell this story. Are you able to act this out, right? If Felicia mm-hmm. Bashad can now, you know, um, you know, rise above, for the lack of a better term, right? her race to be able to do the role that she did in August Osage County, right? Why can't you as a white actor rise above your race Mm. to be able to do the role of a black person, right? Not necessarily saying that you have to now become black because I don't expect you to become black. I don't think that uh, Felicia Rashad became white in doing that role. But you think they're not going to come and they're not going to dress in blackface? But that's also something about holding, that's that the teacher has to now hold them accountable for that, But the institution, the teacher is within the racist structure of it all like well that's why you outsource right it's like maybe a black professor only it would be a black professor i would not have a white professor professor. it it couldn't be it couldn't be and i I was thinking you know how they say like you know your enemy more than the enemy knows knows you type thing or you Mm -hmm. know like your oppressor right i feel like for black people we can always act white right because we know what we know what the standard is okay whatever this right we have we have been observing them taking notes for safety for years Right, they truly don't see us. <laughs> like people are married to black people, they don't they don't see them. Mm. So, I just I just I mean at this point I want to see it as an experiment, but only under the under the the tutelage of a black professor would I want to see a white person do a black character because they're going to be black faced immediately. They're going to do something. They're going to do something so outlandishly black off off the rip. And it needs to be someone just black. I don't know. We need to go overseas and just fucking zap them. What if I put on? Because we're not a monolith. So my first question (laughs) when you say there should be a black professor, I'm like, what kind of black? The good ones. Mm. It's too it's too tricky. It it goes back to like it goes back to like when you talk about criticizing black art. It's like under whose standard? Because like People trash Tyler Perry. And now I was about his, to say, now how do you feel about his, black people considered like criticizing right? black so, art? Right. Know? So it's like people black people criticize Tyler Perry, but he has a like he has millions of people who tune into his mm-hmm. shows, who watch him. You have people who criticize Lena Waithe and they say that she's shucking and jiving and she is um profiting off of black trauma, right? And then it's like at what who's who's to say like how do we criticize black art because criticism needs to happen because that's the only way that you can deepen the art that that and that's that's just like the Amer- american thing like black white and indif- like that's just what yeah it, it's necessary for art but it's like at what what like how do we usher that in because I don't think that there are many black critics, like especially when you talk about theater in New York, and you mm-hmm. you think about Ben Brentley, and I would say on wax can't stand him. He never gets black art. It's actually quite frustrating um, how he judges um, and critiques black art because he almost always misses the fucking point unless he's centered around, around whiteness. No, Ben Brentley is white. Okay. He's a white man that writes for the New York Times theater section. Okay. Um. So then it's like, okay, we need black critics, right? So you have stuff like the Rube, Blavity, right? 
But in what way, like going back to the Kirby thing and Pierre Morris, like in what way do we criticize the black art? Because oftentimes it's like, you're the one that got in mm-hmm. and now we're ripping you to shreds for all the things that you failed to do, but they never kind of acknowledge how hard it is to get it done in the first place, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, I've been on... The lean away, like I, I like Queen and Slim, but I was like, mm, a lot of some of it wasn't necessary. But then she has shows like Twenties, where where I love, and I'm like, yeah, this is ref-. like, I feel like people don't give enough black creators the benefit of the doubt right. before we go and tear it down. And maybe because it's so few things that we get to see, I think now we're in a renaissance of like black art where you can like watch a lot of like black leaves. There's like. A reasonable doubt there's riches there's uh i mean for some people there's sisters there's harlem <laughs> you, you know there's there's so many other things and things that's considered high like high art right like alana and you have like uh nick uh nick jitsu doing like nanny and stuff there's other things that's considered high art that's doing well but they're not getting you know what I'm saying? So it's like, in, in what vein do we do we criticize Black art? And I think that it needs to be a little bit more specificity when doing that as well, because I think a lot of the times people come from the the um, the entry point when they're critiquing it through Black American culture, but it's like they are Africans writing things like Stephen McQueen who directed uh the Lupita Oscar Oh you're talking about mm-hmm. um uh, Twelve Years a Slave. So, yeah who directed Twelve Years a Slave and some people are like, well he's a he's a black British guy. He shouldn't have been able to direct that when it's about black American culture. But that's I feel like that particular story is like a little bit nuanced because we're talking about the transatlantic slave trade and how that you know i know it was specifically in america that they were talking about i don't know i think that like when we talk about like say for instance tyler perry which i um you know i still want to work motherfucker so don't take this me too me (laughs) too so (laughs) um like i think with him for me, it was like, you know, growing up watching Tyler Perry, we would watch the DVDs of the stage plays and stuff like that. And that was the right. It was like, oh, we seeing Medea on stage and we seeing like the makings of it. And I still to this day, right, of all Tyler Perry movies, and I haven't seen all of them, right? But Diary of the Mad Black Woman, even though like that was his first one, I feel like that's one of his better ones, right? It didn't mm-hmm. really, it centered around Medea, but I feel like the storytelling was pretty good, was, was okay for the mm-hmm. most part, right? Then he became more and more famous. He got more and more money, and I feel like the with what's the what's the term uh, with more money, more problems. More money, more problems. Yeah, definitely. But something <laughs> something more responsibility. Uh, oh, to whom much is given, much, much is yeah, much is required. required and but yeah. then there's also another like you know, yeah, Asian proverb of something responsibility. Um, mm-hmm, okay. I think there is something like that. Um, and I think that when it came when it came down to him, right, to whom much is given, much is required, right? He was given so much, right? Now he's in this status, right? The status where I think that he has um, the ability to 
now give and allow people to come and tell stories, right? I don't think that he needs to work under this guise of pressure anymore, right? Like, I need to churn this out, churn this out in order for me to be able to keep people's attention, right? You can now take the time to be able to build up more um, and actually do the work to be able to tell really, really good stories, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think that he is doing that. Like, I think that he is more he can be more interested in um, quantity quantity as opposed to quality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, oh. And like, for instance, all right. Like I never watched the movie, but people keep saying, how'd she get on the boat? Right. With how the fuck how did she get, on, did the she boat, get right? on that boat? I'm sorry. I'm in a red, but like, <laughs> how the fuck did she get on that boat, baby? Because acrimony. It- <laughs> And I really I want to watch it. I really don't my, understand that question, right? But for me, it sounds as if it's a huge a plot hole, right? Like you don't know how this person went from point A to point B, right? And it's like, right. co- it's like um, he never heard of Aristotle like, a day in his life. And art is in and of, its, of itself is subjective, right? But there are things like that, like that, that's objective, right? right? Like I can tell that like, this is not good because you left us like hanging. We weren't able to put the connections together, right? So with that with criticism, I think that that's valid, right? But when it comes down mm-hmm. to black art, us putting things out and telling our stories, right? Who are you as a white person to tell me that I'm not telling my story properly, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you. if you were able to follow the story along, yes, okay. But for you to sit down and tell me my joy isn't sufficient enough, my pain isn't sufficient enough, the, the things mm-hmm. that uh, my love isn't sufficient enough, like, who are you in I that regard? Um, but like it's those things and then when it comes down to us right going back to the very beginning of this thing it's kind of like saying um, like we can't we have to hold this thing so precious that we can't give space for criticism from our own voices Mm -hmm. right and I don't think that that's fair to us Mm -hmm. and I don't think that's fair to the people who are creating the work right Erica Badu said keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit but at the mm-hmm. same time, yes, we're trying to grow and we're trying to be um, better. Like the first iteration of something is always going to be the hardest, right? Mm-hmm. But then how do we pass the baton for the next generation to make it better, right? Mm-hmm. right? And we can't do that if we keep being stifled at the beginning of it. Right, right, right. And I mean, if we just focus just for briefly on Mr. Tyler Perry, also where <laughs> we take roles here. Um I think with Tyler Perry, because I also, I mean, I think I've watched most of his movies as well. And I think the criticism comes in because, like you said, like, I also watched the DVDs and stuff like that. And it was like, okay, it's a play, you know, he's doing the best he can, right? And now he has resources. So I think my criticism at this point is you have so many resources, you have so much uh, access. Why are you still half-assing your productions? I think, and I think, and that needs to be, that needs to be said out loud. Right, yeah. because why are you still having? You have money. You are a millionaire. You have your own studio, right? Hire good wig people. Hire a continuity coach. Hire a dialect coach. Hire, you know, you have the money now. You know, Diary Mad Black Woman. That was like his first one, his first movies. We, we, the wigs were bad. Okay, who knows what the budget was? Who knows? Oh, but now, but now you have money, and I think that's where. Even even if I don't care for the content, it's whatever because I watch I watch stuff that's not great all the time. 
right? But it's like, but you have the resources. Why are you not tapping into them? And I feel like if you're providing a service for predominantly black people, give us your all. Because now you have your all to give. And we've we, we been rocking with you. We, we're, we're rocking with you. But the wigs, all this stuff, it's like, why? Like, and it's, to me, it comes off as like, I would never say he's lazy, but something is, what, 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 what is it? Why, why do you not want the best? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you have now have the power to give the best. I mean, okay. So go back to the criticism lane, right? Shouldn't we put it in its proper, I feel like we're not putting things in its proper category, right? Because like talking about the, how he came, like his genesis, he was, he was so big and beloved in the black community because he brought back the Chitlin circuit of plays, mm-hmm. right? That's what it was. It was like, it was very church. It was very black American culture. It was very churchy. It was a very Chitlin circuity, very slapsticky, right? Mm-hmm. So I think what happens and what, and it could be our expectation as black people, right? Cause we're like, okay, now you have the money, you have the funds, like you said, right? Be better. But it's like, why can't he just perfect the Chitlin circuit? Like what he said mm. before was like, he was like, I, I used to watch the haves and the have nots. I watched actually a lot of Tyler Perry stuff because I don't have anything else to do with my time. Um, <laughs> and there's a part of me that also enjoys it. Like, you know, it, it's just like, it, 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 it it's kind of reminiscent of a soap opera, but like kind of worse because I feel like, anyway, whatever. Shout out to sisters. <laughs> um, where was I going with this? Right. So why can't he just perfect the 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 genre that he he has been doing and it's being chitlin circuit chitlin circuit and it doesn't have to be high art mm. well i right? think because, because he's so many doing times, other stuff but no is he because like white people get to make slapstick comedies that's films that's tv shows like they get to do that and be revered like why can't i mean i agree there are many things that this man needs to just... Uh, if you haven't watched that episode of Atlanta where they have a Tyler Perry-esque episode, you should probably watch it because I think that's truly how it is, um, even though it's satire. But I do believe like he needs to have... Like he said, he doesn't do writer's room because he's done it before and the, the films didn't do well. And I don't know which ones he's talking about. Maybe he's talking about Daddy's Girls or... Um, I don't know which films he's talking about where he had a writer's room, but I'm like, those are some of my favorites where he has like really good actors and a fairly mediocre script where they can do something with it. Like Taraji and I can do battle by myself. I'm like stuff like that, where there's actually like a plot, good direction. It, it, it just, for me and the type of art that I like, I'm like, Oh, you could do more of this. Like you can use your resources, you work with great actors and you can do better. But if what you want to do is chitlin circuit and zhuzh it up, then I feel like that's where we should critique. We should critique his work in that, in that, um, in that field. Yeah. And yeah. In that form. I think think like, okay. So like I said, I watch things right now. I'm watching teen wolf. (laughs) Which I love, by the way. <laughs> season, I've been watching it since Saturday. I'm on season three, episode 11. Nothing makes sense. Oh, Everything mercy. sucks. And I guess I think it's five seasons and a movie. And I'm going to watch every single bit of it, right? Um, So my thing with, so it's not about, for me, it's not the content that I'm criticizing with Tyler Perry. It's everything else. The things that money can indeed fix. That's I think that's okay. what bothers me about it, right? Chitlin's circuit it up. 
get some good wigs. That's, you know, do, do, you don't, I don't care what the movie's about. I don't care. Right. It's, it's content. It's, it's, it's very subjective. You may like it. I may hate it. I'm not going to criticize about that. Especially if you want to say, if you're going to keep him in one category. Right. But there are mm-hmm. things that he can change with his access. People talk about yeah. these wigs all the time. The wigs are a major topic <laughs> in his movies. You're in Atlanta. There's no reason why your actors are wearing these crazy ass wigs. There's no reason why he can hit up. Uh, what's his? Um, I, I am Zarnold. Zarnold, the one of the nice La- wigs. Lazon. But you have to also. Th- that's also the other thing is like, which is like racism. There's not enough black uh, hairstylists right. in the union that can actually. Be, right. Th- there's also that. There that is, we're not yeah. going to get to. But I, I do, I do agree. Like I mean, I think saying? in in what's the one with um. Was Sissy Tyson when she was the old lady in the house? Which one? With the 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 one with Felicia Rashad, where her and her son were running scams on old people and old ladies, and the son, her and the oh, son were running scams. Is it on no good and, deeds? No, it's um not no good deeds. It's uh the one with Brisha Webb. Uh, yeah, she was, she was the lawyer. Exactly, I know exactly okay. what you're talking about. Well, That's the that, last one that, that people lost their minds about the yes, ways. and that oh, and really? the criticism was. For me, I mean, the movie is whatever. Honestly, I'm gonna, I watched them, right? But for me, it was just seeing things that I expect from a low-budget film. And I think that's what bothers me, mm. right? I don't care. If, it, they could be just going, yeah, 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 all, all, episodes, all movie. I don't care. But my thing was, she got a him out of bed. A fall from grace. A fall from grace. She's out of the bed. She's wearing slippers. But, she, but she's going to come down the steps barefoot. Who's Someone's in charge of these things. Wow. Her wig, her wig is crazy. They had a green screen of um, <laughs> we took her out and it was like fireflies, and it looked like it looked like I got on Adobe and put fireflies, <laughs> like that. Like to me, that's a problem, right? That's a problem for me because it's like you now have the funds to make high quality productions. Mm-hmm. If you wanted, if if the script is going to suck, it's going to suck. I don't care, but in terms of production, you have the money, spend it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like that is cheating your audience. If you wanna, if you wanna be the only writer because it's your project and it's your baby, okay. But where you where you can make things better, make things better. And I think that's my biggest solitary criticism. Um, because you can you that is in your control. Yeah. 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 I think he's. I think he has the vision, but he's just spread too thin and mm-hmm. just a little too controlling of it all. Because that's a mm-hmm. lot. Like, I mean, he, he's a Virgo. Point, at some point, you got to let it go, you know? He is. He's a like, huh? There are so many people that have showrunners run their shit, and they, like, the story about the guy who said that it was the most amazing time that he had on set, but every other actor was like, yikes. That story was that scary. Sounds like a, yeah, that sounds like a, 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 that sounds like a hard day at work. You're talking about the trauma. guy that was on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, the mm-hmm. one that was on the Meet the Browns. First of all, that whole story was kind of crazy because... Everything he said sounded like the worst day at work. And I was like, you sure you are right. you sure? like that that's not what you're saying and what you're saying. Like the, the thing that you described happened to you and the thing that you're saying is amazing. It, it does not terrible. add up. It's not it's, add. No. That is not a day no. where I'd be like, Oh, I leave and I'm like, I just love acting. I'm like gonna I'm like, should should I get an OnlyFans? And a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> right. Immediately. Right. Um But yeah, I mean I do that I I don't know how we need to go about it, but I do think that there needs to be more black uh, 
artists who what do what are they called? Critiquists? Critics? Mm. Critics. <laughs> there needs to be more. <laughs> I love it. Guys, I'm so tired. There needs to be more black critics. Um yes. That are educated in the because and there are other and not to be like sound classist or elitist, but then there are things that just like the regular everyday Joe Schmo won't get, like when they watch certain things. Right. Like I don't know, just because I see a lot of theater. So when I saw, uh, what is this play? The Color Girl. No. <laughs> No, that was that. No, that's the Korea poem. Uh, uh, ain't no t- more. No, no, not ain't no. But stuff like ain't no more and um, oh my gosh, what is this play? Oh, slave play, right? Oh. Mm. So when I saw slave play, and then it was another. It was a, a a Brandon Jenkins play. I can't remember what it was. Uh, every day, everybody, uh-huh. everybody, everybody, yes, right. So when I see shit like that, when I'm like, as somebody who's learned about theater history. And all of that, but when I see elements being used in like movies and plays and shit, like I get, I'm like, oh my god, this. You may not get it, and the majority of the people may not get how brilliant this is. But this is, this is, I'm like, this is what I would call high art now, because not only are you functioning within the structure of yes, European standards, but if you flip this and you've made it so good as well mm-hmm. as as you being. So I think I think there needs to be, maybe we need categories. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Do you think, and I think my answer is no, honestly. Do you think we can, do you think you, you guys, do you think you could trust a white critic to critique a black something, a black art, without just, without having the feeling that they, one, don't get it, or two, they're just being too harsh. Like, do you do you do you think we can separate? Like, I don't know. I don't know if I can. I don't know if because even yeah. if even if it's something I hate, if someone white critiques it, I'm like, watch your mouth, watch it. Okay, and they could be making the same points that I'm making. They could have made the same exact points, but it's them being white saying it. I'm like, well, how do you know? And it's like, well, they said what you said, and it's like I don't think I can separate their whiteness from their critiques, even though I may agree. I do, I I do, because I've been critiquing shit my entire like you know what I'm saying like we're educated people we're educated in it like so yes you can tell when something is tricky and when something like, okay. is actually good like if if like let, let's say they were critiquing like something black oh well, obviously something black right let's say they were let's say they were critiquing something happened at a barbecue and we agree it wouldn't happen at a barbecue. Like, we agree you wouldn't allow your dog on the table. We agree, right? Um, but there... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but then you have, like, a white ca- a white uh, critic, and it's like, oh, yeah, the part in the play where the dog, that, that, was, that was so unblack. And it'd be like, I don't know, you see what I'm saying? Like, it feels... It feels like, how do you know? Yes, you're right. That is very unblack. That was very weird. That shit would not fly in the actual real black lifestyle, right? But as a white person who probably does do this, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you don't. I don't know. Like, how do I know that you really believe 
this wouldn't happen? Or are you basing it on a stereotype? Black folks don't do that. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I find it hard to like truly believe them, even though I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think at like, even with all art and when you're critiquing it, you have to get to the heart of it. You have to say something mm-hmm. like your art has to say something. So it doesn't matter what, and I know it's probably contradicting what I'm saying, but like, but not really, but your art has to say something. So if you're critiquing it at the heart of it, you have to get it. You have to get the, the, the meat and potatoes of what this is about. And it's oftentimes that I find that white critics miss the meat and potatoes when it's just mm-hmm. like blatantly obvious. So like, if you don't get like a cultural thing, but you have a, you kind of have an inkling, like in the context of the play, that something's not right about that. Like, I don't think, I don't, I don't know. It, it kind of, I don't know if you saw Fairview, but, but that mm-hmm. comes to mind, the play Fairview. But basically, they tell all the white people to get up. Yeah. And stand on the stage. Yeah. And let the black people have a moment. And they don't. <laughs> it it gets uncomfortably silent, and it's an uncomfortably long time. But in that essence, it's like, it's kind of like the dog is like, oh, you, you're, you're not getting that we need a moment to ourselves or you're not getting that the function of this part of the play is for you to see your whiteness. Now you're missing the mm-hmm. point, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so not just on because the, the act of, yeah, because the act of you getting up and doing what this black woman asks you to do, that makes you the ally a, a little bit in the moment at the heart of the issue. But for you to not get up just shows that your inherent violence towards race in mm-hmm. America. So I, they don't need to get little cultural shit, but like when it's big things, like getting up when after, like you're being asked and they are holding lights for you for this moment. Like, yeah, like white people can critique it and I've seen it done well. Mostly they critique things better when it's centered around like whiteness, even if it's a black show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel two ways about that i feel like one like one i don't read critiques at all and that's one, also because they yeah. never get it they never get it and then especially if i'm in something i will never read it right unless i like i'll send it to like maybe one of y'all or somebody else that i know but like yo can you just pull out the good stuff for me so that way i can put it on my <laughs> website and, like that. So that, and if ain't nothing good just like just let it go right so um so yeah, that's one. But then also like, remember when we went to Eight No More, right? And then you were speaking mm-hmm. to that lady and she said something to you about like, yeah, she didn't get a lot of like the cultural stuff, but she knew it was funny because funny is funny, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, yes, this is this is like objectively funny. But like, as far mm-hmm. as like the subject matter, I, I don't really get all of it, but I can tell that it's funny, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like what a lot of, uh, white critics probably miss when they go into something, right? They Because they don't get it, therefore it's not for them, right? So right. therefore I mm-hmm. write it off completely. It's like, no, you, what what you're not utilizing um, you as a critical thinker, right, in the moment, right? Because critical thinker, crit- critiquing, like, you have to be mm-hmm. that, right? How can I acknowledge who I am in this moment and that goes speaking back to you know Fairview like how can I acknowledge who I am in this moment how does this resonate with me as this person right viewing this thing and how can I 
relate to it and also separate myself and be like, okay, this is objectively not good or objectively good, and this is subjectively good, not good, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think all those things come into play, but most of the time I don't really trust white people to be able to do that because they're not educated in that way. And that also speaks to, like, if you are a part of an organization that sends people out to critique, right, why don't you have people of color on your staff to be able to do that critique? Mm-hmm. If you know, right? Like, there's no reason why you should be the sole person going out to critique all the shows and you know you're not going to get all of them, right? And the truth is, they feel like, I feel like white people feel like we don't understand a lot of the spaces. We understand every space. Black people understand every space we are in because we have to. It is for safety. We understand every culture, every space. We get it. We walk in, we're going to assess Got it. I know what's going on. So truthfully, we can critique anything, I believe, white or black, because we are well-versed in everyone. Yeah. Um, but because of that, and, and and many other issues with diversity and inclusion, whatever, whatever, they don't have people of color to critique. They have someone white, and they feel like because they're white and educated, whatever that means, education is going to carry them through. Right. Um, right. Despite the cultural nuances, but it doesn't. Because they've never had to assess safety risk <laughs> of right. anything, of any of any space, any people, any time. They don't have to. So their ability to critically think truly is not there. You know, like in, in on a cultural level, it's not there. It's not it's not a, a skill they've had to um, obtain. Like I'm white, so I like it, I don't like it. And like you said, I don't find it funny because I don't get it. So it's not funny as opposed to. It was funny. I just didn't get it. Like, there's jokes you laugh that you don't get that we all, you like, that right. shit was funny. Right. I don't know why. Right. But for them, yeah. they just, they just write it off to, I it's didn't get it. So it's not you funny. watching like a Ali Wong show, right? Where a lot of her, I went to Ali Wong show and a lot of her um, audience is, I know, a lot of her audience is um, Asian of some sort, right? But Sometimes there are some jokes where I'm like, haha, that's funny. But then there are Asian people who just like doubled over and laughing because they have like a, a, a deeper knowing of what the joke is. But I'm like, I can still laugh because it's still funny. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's my question also. When we critique black art, should it be on a large scale or should it be done in-house? What is What does in-house look like? How? Know, How's it possible? All the people, I don't know. All the people we're saying we're we on, should do on, it amongst on. ourselves. So I'm like, we're going yeah, to the, download the, the BOK app and just. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do it on Clubhouse. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's just like a, a Clubhouse meeting. So it, it, and I only bring that up because I'm like, people are like, oh, we shouldn't do it in front of white people. But I'm like, who gives a fuck what these white people think? They don't even know what they think. And they're everywhere, so. Right, and then we're so ingrained with the biraciality of it all, so it just... And not all black folks are black folks anyway. They're going back home to the master, so, so we just, at the secret meeting, telling more damn right. things. You won't believe what they said. <laughs> <laughs> they said uh, the Negroes are going the crazy. <laughs> right. Yes, write that down, write that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, this is a, uh, we were talking about, I was in preparation for this, I was talking about even outside of art, just like holding black people accountable is so touchy because I just like white folks don't do it. They don't, they don't, they have no accountability. 
or it's just it's just very individualized to the individual like it is very right. it's not even it doesn't even spread to their family it is like this is a bad person outside of the outside of the family outside of their their state it's just they somehow just single that person out and that's it and we don't have that same luxury mm. so like we were talk i was we were mentioning like you know our our former tv dad bill cosby i was just about to say that right Right? Like, that is, like, I, of course, amongst black people, I go in. I go in. I'm like, well, let me pull the facts up. Let me pull out the car facts on what he did. But if someone white is discussing it, I'm just like, I'll say nothing, honestly. I will, I'm not going to engage in that conversation right. because I'm not going to talk bad about a black man with white people, but also this black man did really bad things, right? So I feel like it's just, it's it's hard. And then who was it? Oh, when Kanye West was on his whole Nazi thing the other day, and people were saying, like, white folks have to now publicly uh, chastise him because we're not doing it. And it's like, no, we were doing it. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, that was that was a blip. So I think, I forgot who the white person He's not on were. my radar, so it doesn't matter. No. Oh, well, he was doing his whole Nazi thing a few months ago. Yeah. His whole, his whole Adidas, all that stuff. Um, Black people were saying, well, because um, white people were, you know, I think uh, Adidas dropped him and all the whites are whiting, whatever. And um, people were saying, like, black people were like, you know, they had to step in because we weren't saying enough. And it's not that we weren't saying enough. It's that we just don't have the platform still. Or we don't have, actually, we don't have the money. No, we have the money. We're not using it properly. We're not using our buying power to properly chastise our own. Mm. And and I, I think and I think to a large extent we also just feel protective, unfortunately, of, of even our bad. We still feel protective of them because everyone goes, "Okay, Bill Cosby did these things, but what about, what about Harvey Weinstein? They're both bad men." Right. Harvey 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 Weinstein doing what he did does not negate the things that R. Kelly did. Like there, it's it's they don't cancel two rapes don't cancel out a rape. That's right. not how the that's not that's not how the math works. And it's like and that's. Black people, that's their go-to argument. But what about so-and-so? I don't care about what that white man did to white women. That is, that's their, that's their white business. Mm. I'm talking about R. Kelly doing things to black women. That's what I'm focused on. But right. And we can't. We're still doing things to black people too. So, I mean, I understand yeah. the point you were saying, but like. But it's like, we can't, we can't, it's like, it's so tricky. Well, not it, it is tricky to criticize them and to hold them accountable because then we have white people who are going to be like, yeah, they're wild animals, and it's like, but they don't get that same heat. Oh, they don't get them. the same. They are the most violent people that we know. My thing is like now. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm not saying I agree. Fuck them, right? But I'm saying that's why I think some black people find it difficult because oh. because we don't get to just say R. Kelly is bad. We don't get to say. R. Kelly is a bad person. We don't get that. R. Kelly being bad is mean that black men are bad. Mm. You know, it's saying, yeah. yeah uh, I don't know who's a black woman who is on the controversial Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg saying that her thing about about the Holocaust that it was it was more racial than anything else. That is black people are now racist. As to as opposed to Whoopi Goldberg saying something that Jewish people didn't agree with. Why are you laughing like that? <laughs> so I guess she sorry. loves Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> No, I just, I, um, she has tricky views, but I was like, I think people were missing a point that she was trying to say, but I can't quite remember it. I just remember feeling 
when I read it, I was just like tricky and I just moved on because I'm like, I mean, I think a rabbi went on to like clarify and he was saying what she was, oh, some rabbi was like, right, no, what she's saying is correct. Up in a, yeah, in our yeah, early episodes. The, the rabbi right, was right. like, no, what she's saying is correct. Um, but people yeah. just, some people just get to be activated all the time. And some right. people, us, don't. We don't get the right to be offended. We don't get the right to anything, right? right. So it's kind of, so I think it, that's where it gets hard when it's like, I do want to criticize this person, but the white man is always watching and they're always setting a, I'm tired. <laughs> I think maybe, I don't, I don't know. I, I do understand what you're saying. I do. I do. I get that. I just don't care anymore. I think, mm-hmm. especially being a black woman, I think that we oftentimes protect black men entirely too much at the detriment of us. Um, mm-hmm. The whole Kanye West thing, the Bill Cosby thing. Um, and what happens is the backlash falls on the black women that want to also see the good in them. Like not to bring mm-hmm. up Felicia again. I mean, what she said was like, she, I don't agree with what she said, but I also mm-hmm. don't know that man on a personal level, but I do believe those women. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing where like how people, I, I just feel like we so harshly criticize women and, and they get the brunt of it. That when it comes to a black man, like at this point now, I just don't care. Like, look how people like cancel Chrisette Michelle, sending her definitely like that was so that was a that was a lot for her yeah. to do it in inauguration. And I'm like, yes, of course, that was fucked up. Girl, just say you wanted the money, but like to cancel her and to end her career over that one thing where you have rapists and you have right. people um saying slavery is a choice. Like, there's so many other violent things going on where it it Mm -hmm. oftentimes don't match. I I think what makes criticizing people in a pub... I think we should criticize them. I think sometimes maybe we need to come up with an alternative in the interim. But like, okay, like like, what you're doing is wrong. Like, if there's an R. Kelly or if there's like... Even if it's just like as small as art and be like, oh, but you should watch this artist instead. Like this Mm -hmm. person is fucked up and cancel them if you want. But like there needs to be uh, maybe an intro. Like we need to serve an alternative so it won't be like what you're saying is right. Like a white man could do something and it's just him and it's not his entire family where it for the black people is like the sins of the mother and father fall on their children often. Um, But I don't I don't have I don't have the answer to that. But I do think in order for us to further black art. And to get as many categories out there as as I feel that we should, we need to openly criticize it. And not just mm-hmm. criticize it and, and, and tear it down, but just give an in-depth um, critique about it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's a lot of responsibility to put on someone to be able to be defending. You know, it's like we have to have these hats of criticizing like holding someone accountable, but then also being their defender at the same time. And it's like, mm-hmm. why do I have to do all these things right. in one session? No, like, and I also think like what you're talking about is like being a part of this, 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 this narrative of like educating people, right? And I don't want to be educating you all the time about something, right? Mm-hmm. You have access right. to Google on your phone just like I do, That's right? True. You have access to all the many things. You can do the research yourself. I don't have to be. You're not paying me to educate. I go to my teaching company and I teach these kids and I get paid to do that. They don't pay me enough. 
So I get paid. But they but, but they paying you. Right. They pay me, right? Right. But so I don't have that responsibility to give to you to have to be your educator at the same time, right? But what I can do is that I can hold this person accountable for their actions and I can also bring up the fact that that person's also wrong too. I could talk about uh Bill Cosby mm-hmm. and be like Okay, we dragging this motherfucker just like how they also need to be dragging motherfucking uh, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Or mm-hmm. um, what's this motherfucker that married his daughter? Oh, Woody um, Allen. Woody, Woody Allen, Allen, right? Cause baby, weird. Strong J. <laughs> <laughs> tricky. And that's not tricky. It's nasty. It's low. And what's the one nasty. Roman Polanski? They can't come to America no more. Oh, because of the girl, the little girls. Is, mm-hmm. it that, is that why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did he get an Oscar? Yes, he did. Two years ago? Yes. Record oh, Academy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what I feel. And I I feel like uh, it's gonna take we okay, we as a black people have to decolonize our mind, right? We have to, which is a, a work, it's a it's a you that's the job you do to from the day you're born to the day you die. It's not an easy process, right? But we have to just give back to ourselves more. Like, I mean, BET Awards, I don't watch them, but we need to hold that in, in more high esteem than the Oscars or the Grammys, right? Like, we, we, that's what we have to do. We have to put money into ourselves. Like, that's, that's really what it is. Yes, the Oscars is important, right? Whatever, but why is it important? Why? Why is the Oscar more important than the BET Awards? Because it has been, right? So we need to just make our institutions... The I ones agree. we care about. That I, I think that is that is the only way to kind of ignore white people and just say we want to say and have our have our platforms because we are still navigating in their platforms and we are still accepting awards they want to give us mm-hmm. and we're still yeah. being outed every year. Like I don't know why we even keep going to the Oscars and going to the Grammy. Why do we keep showing up? Like they were saying about like like Beyonce, she's won the most Grammy so far, but never album of the year. And most of her albums are in R&B. And she's, she's, in my mind, she's a pop artist, right? Beyonce is pop. She is not R&B. Mm. Like, she is popular, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, if I'm if I'm feeling like some, if I'm feeling like some R&B, I'm not going for Beyonce. First of all, if you put on 90s R&B or, or if you put on R&B, she's not come up in that playlist. Right, because she's that's, a pop that's, artist. Yeah, and that's very good. It's a pop artist. I mean, it's a yes. pop album. Yeah, and it's like, pop album. so how does she have all these all these Grammys, but never for album of the year. It doesn't, the math ain't mathing. Yeah. And it's like, just stop attending. Just stop attending. Take away their power. Like, but though we still hold their gifts and their recognition in such high esteem and we have to stop. Yeah. And that, and that way, when we criticize ourselves at our venues, we know it's, it's fine. Like right. I didn't vote for, I, I, I didn't vote for the movie because I, I saw this this black critic said whatever whatever you know like make it about us mm-hmm. and we have to shift we it's very important just to shift and just leave all i mean we all saw ain't no mo and like when he couldn't take the bag with him mm-hmm. right. and it was like we gotta leave it we gotta leave it just leave it just let them have it they they, they want it they can have it stop 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 going to their table sacrificing yourself yeah we have to we have to no more pulling up to their table we have to Make our own hut, make our own house, get our own table, just do it all on our own. Our own. Like they're still, first of all, they're still going to be, they're still going to be consuming it because without black people, there is no nothing. There's, there's really nothing. True. So it's not as if they won't, they won't be consuming it still. 
but yeah. we have to just lean into ourselves more because that's the only way where I think I'll feel comfortable critiquing it out loud. If the, mm-hmm. if the, if, if, if black people are the ones I'm speaking to and then white folks are just like listening in, I don't care. Yeah. Mm. But I don't want to speak to white people about black stuff. Mm. 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 <laughs> nah, that's a bar. That's a bar. I did have another question, but we are running a little long, so I will hold that. Fuck it. I'll ask it anyway. Do you think we should... Do you think... So, are you saying we should gatekeep? And does gatekeeping hold back black art? No. You know, I don't think gatekeeping holds black holds back black art. So tongue twister, because like I said, we have invented everything. Like we have invented everything. It feels like we haven't, because they because they've only given us rap. We got they they like we we're allowed to keep rap and we're allowed right. to keep R and B. Those are the two things they're allowing us to keep temporarily. Because they can't because they can't uh, infiltrate it. But if but if we if we take away all the things we've actually created, it has been every single fucking thing. It's been Word. every genre of music. Because Beethoven, they said that nigga black, right? Right. We have, we invented it So we all. got jazz, we... classical, R&B, rap, rock. Macaroni and cheese. We right. have invented every single motherfucking thing. And there's a theory that Shakespeare was a black woman, so. Oh, because nobody knows exactly who Shakespeare who was. was, right? So, yeah. We have invented everything. There's, what have they invented besides racism? Like, I, and, we, and I, I'm a, White people, y'all did that. <laughs> okay? Right. Y'all put pen to paper, y'all did that shit. <laughs> but outside of racism, <laughs> right? we have invented everything. So if we gatekeep, what would what would we have access to? Their money. We have our own money. Right. But like, what really have they given us? They've only taken from us at every, every point. They have given us nothing. I mean, unless you... I mean, unless the adversity... Which has made us stronger. <laughs> the only thing they gave us was struggle, and out of out of our struggle has come art and has come beautiful things. But am I right? But they haven't given us they haven't given us anything creative on a large scale like we have given them. So if we take away mm. our creativity, what would they have to give us? Bars, bars. We'd be fine. They'd be the one confused. Like on TikTok, when they had that small boycott about not doing a dance, I think for Make the Science dance. Oh, yeah. I thought, I literally thought about that. And the ago. white girls were like, right. And Wait, she had oh, savage. No. They were like, she, I'm a savage. And she had the moves in the dance, and they still couldn't, like, get it together. And it's like, right, y'all can't live without us. Right. Well, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and our lovely guest. Hey, um, hi. I would just like to leave y'all with this one note that a professor in college once said to me. She said, Tyler Perry is the modern day Shakespeare. And now we will throw it over to Leroy. (laughs) Shout out to Professor Potts. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. I would never forget that day. Um, And now we're going to throw it over to Leroy, and he's going to do our peak game. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Um, it's been fun being here with y'all, but um, 
for Black History Month, because that's the month that we're in, um, I am stepping into my different hats and titles, and I'm trying to, I am putting on um, an event for Black people. Uh, I work at a, uh, a yoga studio called Moto Yoga, and they're um, allowing us to have the space. They're giving us space to be able to, you know, be Blackity Black on the 24th of February, right? Um, Pontificating Podcast is going to be there amongst other vendors, and we're going to basically turn our Williamsburg location. Um, I, I'm i really bad at remembering addresses, <laughs> but uh, Moto Yoga Williamsburg, they can put it in the notes, I guess. Um, on the 24th, starting at 5 o'clock, we are turning that space over, and we're going to celebrate Black History Month. I'm giving the space over to Black vendors to be able to sell their stuff, to be able to promote their businesses. I want you to come out and support them as we support them, right? There's going to be a class that's going to be held, played by um, black, black, a Black artist, taught by a Black teacher. It's going to be Blackity Black. Now, the people who might be taking the class might be, you know, a little bit mixed up, right? But at the end of the day, we're here to support these Black businesses and Black vendors and 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 make the studio more inclusive. So come out, support. If you're around, if you're in the New York City tri-state area, make your way over to Williamsburg on the 24th. And uh, and the title of the event is called La Kumoha. All right? Okay. So thank you all for tuning in again. And y'all know what it is. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to another episode of Pontificating Podcast with your girls. Uh, I am the Asia Thomas, uh, Seiki, and Sally, and your girl, I am Queen Ty. Please don't forget to follow us on Pontificating Pod. You can follow us, engage, 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 and like us on YouTube. We are at From the Burrows Podcast. Like, subscribe, follow, engage, and... Don't forget, we love y'all play cousins. 